Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 42 of the Mess Hall Podcast. Today's guest is John Cullen. We had a fun conversation. It was, uh, I got to talk about my knives, which really makes me happy. I don't get to talk about them too often. And, you know, we're talking about the differences between comedy club food versus um, curling rink food. So, really fun conversation. Thanks again, John, for being on the podcast. And enjoy the episode. As always, the Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And this week's podcast shout-out goes to Repodcasting. Janet and Lucia recast your favorite and maybe not-so-favorite movies. They also cast Tony Danza just because, and why not? It's a great podcast. Uh, it comes out monthly. Um, I've been listening to a couple episodes lately, and um, make sure you give it a listen. This week's... Uh, podcast is the Grinch Who Sold Christmas uh, 2001 with Jim Carrey so just give it a listen see how they re, re uh, recast that one and where does Tony Danza fit in and there's some other good ones too I enjoyed the Star Wars episode I enjoyed the Ma- Matrix episode because I did enjoy the Matrix when it was out and then you know going all the way back to their very first one Shallow Hal and there's some great movies in between I'm not going to list them all because there's so many good ones so like I said before Make sure you give it a listen. It's the Repodcasting Podcast. And uh, enjoy the show this week. podcast hey man thanks for having me glad to be here good good um i'm glad you're here too so <laughs> thanks for coming on i mean i i said it like i'm glad to be here but i'm just in the place that i was and you came yeah. to me so i should say i'm glad you're here because <laughs> i didn't actually do anything i mean i guess i'm in calgary but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you came down the elevator and got me so that's that is true actually so. yeah, i started to get worried about that because i was like oh i don't know if Avery will know, and I certainly do not know how to work the buzzer yeah. here, so... <laughs> it all worked out. It all worked out. We're yeah. here. Yeah, we're surviving. Yeah, so um, so what does food mean to you? Like, is it something you just have, or is it something you really enjoy, or... Oh, geez. Uh, probably both. I would say that uh, I can be just a functional eater uh, if I need to be. I, I'm actually... Uh, I play sports. I'm a curler, so... Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I know that that sounds like, oh, whatever, but I think when I'm like, especially in competition and stuff like that, you're thinking more about what you're putting in your body and it becomes more of a functional, just I need the best thing for me to be able to compete and stuff like that. Uh, and then the rest of the time, like, it's weird. I, I would say when I was younger, I had less of a relationship with food, just that I was a very picky eater. I ate like very bland food all the time. And I don't think I cared a whole lot about it. And then as I've gotten older, my palate's expanded a little bit. I'm still not perfect, but um, one of my favorite things to do in the world is to, like, just go to a nice restaurant, sit down, have a good meal. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing better than that. And, and I'm lucky my girlfriend feels the same way. So we spend a lot of our time uh, doing that. That's a lot of our date nights and stuff like that is going out for food. So I would say it's, like, a combination. I wouldn't say I'm, like, a foodie where I'm, like, actively yeah. seeking it out all the time and trying to do it. Um, but I would say that 
I definitely love to have a great meal. I, I agree with you. Um, I love going out for a good meal. And it doesn't always have to be like the finest restaurant, but sometimes just relaxing and just, as long as the place is not too loud and, and it's just my wife and I, it's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun and relaxing. So. Totally, totally. And you don't have to, you don't have to cook, you don't have to do yes. dishes, you don't have to, it's just, yeah, it's so nice. Uh, so yeah, for sure that's up there for me. And yeah, and then if the food's good, then that's an added bonus. Yes, I think I got, I would say I got into it uh, really, because I grew up a little bit, uh, n- not poor certainly, but not, you know, my family wasn't, we weren't going out for really, if we were going out, it was to White Spot or Boston Pizza okay, or places yeah. like that, you know, it was never, we were never going out for real fancy meals. And then um, when I was quite a bit younger, when I was in my early 20s, I dated this girl in university and her dad was quite wealthy as a stockbroker or whatever and his whole thing was going out for nice meals so he would take us out all the time and I was going to these like nice restaurants I'd never really been to before kind of feeling a little bit out of place to be honest with you uh but that's when I kind of like acquired a taste for it and realized like oh yeah like it really is that much better I think when you're younger you think like oh I'm never gonna be the guy that spends like 50 dollars on an entree or something like that you know uh or whatever it happens 70 or whatever you know uh but then you do and then you're like oh I get why people spend this money on it you know it's like it's such a pleasurable experience and I love the whole thing I love the idea of just like appetizer entree dessert I love to have a tea with my dessert just relax like it's just all that stuff for me is is so nice. And so that was definitely kind of the turning point for me where I went like, okay, this is a, something that I want to do and I enjoy doing. Yeah, I I agree with you. I love all the segments of that. Like, I love having an appetizer. I love having a good main course and then a good dessert. And I've been drinking tea a lot more lately. So I, I agree with you on the tea with the dessert. Thank you. Yeah, it's, right? It's such a nice, like, it just kind of calms your stomach yeah, down. It's exactly. like a good, I usually get like a peppermint or like a jasmine, just kind of mm-hmm. like just lay it out there it's nice and you told me before we started that you were a chef where what like were you cooking in, in like nicer restaurants or um i'd, I'd say casual dining yeah. like um yeah that, that's the best way to describe it and that's the kind of food i like it's yeah. not like fine dining it's not your like diners but i have cooked in diners as well right and that was a ton of fun um when i was younger because just like and, and the same as pubs i find those two places are very similar, like you get the same type of waitresses and cooks, and then right. the camaraderie's there. And when you're younger, you go out and party afterwards. So yeah, um, that that was always fun. And then growing up a little bit and moving away from that, but still having that lifestyle a little bit. And so definitely changed over the years. But that's that's the type of food I enjoy. and yeah. that's the type of food I like cooking. So. Nice, nice. Do you think what did cooking get? Does it give you like? Uh better perspective when you go out to those nicer places because I feel like it would be for me anyway like I would think if I was a chef I'd be like analyzing it more almost or something like that I used to but now I try not to because I find I won't enjoy it if I'm just trying to be picky about it right right um but the one thing I don't do is steaks I I I find I can cook a steak at home because if you're doing a steak at home it's just like steak and baked potato and like some vegetables, so you have those ingredients. So what I like is the spots that have lots of ingredients. Like if I go to just about anything, like like almost anything ethnic, like if I get butter chicken or 
chicken vindaloo or something like that. I don't always have all those spices to right. make that at home all the time. So Right. So you know that you're going to get, like, the best version of that dish yes. when you go out somewhere as yeah. opposed to making it at home, whereas if yeah. it's, like, something you feel you can make. And that makes sense to me. See, like, I love to go out for a good steak, but that's because... Yeah. I'm not like, I, I'll cook steak at home and it's good, but it's not the same, you know, like, yeah. but you have that training, so I'm sure it tastes better yeah. than when I do it. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> if I don't have that one spice to make a dish great, like if I don't right. have cardamom, it's not as good. So Right. And presumably, I would guess those places would have like, if it's, especially if it's a nice place, they'd have like the top versions of those spices yes. too, right? Yeah. That like, that it's not always something that you could even shop for if you wanted yeah. to right yeah they're not running out to the dollar store and getting spices, so. <laughs> well i hope you're not either to <laughs> no, be honest but no. uh, <laughs> one of the things that i do love in life is like specialty stores like spice stores oh or, yeah and and i find them so they're just so awesome because they have such a different collection of spices and uniqueness and just stuff that you don't get at your Safeway or totally. Superstore. So. I'm like that, but with uh, kitchen gadget stores. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because I don't cook at home that often. Like, I go out a lot. I'm very busy with, like, curling and comedy, and I'm a teacher. Very busy. So, for me, like... It's so funny that, but I'm like obsessed. Like I love, there's a kitchen store by my house in Vancouver called Gourmet Warehouse. And I feel like I could spend two hours in there because you'll just start to think like, yeah, you know what? I could use this thing that's for this like one part yeah. of one yeah. fruit or what, you know, it's like, this takes the seeds out of a lemon. And you're like, I, you know what? I could use a lemon de-seeder. Yeah. Like, or, or <laughs> I guess I have a grapefruit knife. Right, yeah. Like, you're only using it for grapefruit. You could use it for other stuff, but... Right, but you bought it to be a grapefruit knife. Yes. So you're like, I'm not going to use this on an, on an apple. No. I mean, come on. It's a grapefruit knife. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm like that. Like, I'm... Because the, I'm not as good at cooking. I do agree, though. Like, I love... Um, I love, like, an Italian grocery store is usually yes. awesome because they'll have, like, the huge selection of olive oil. They'll have, like, fresh pasta, yeah. like, all that kind of stuff. So I love all that. But I just, I'm not a good enough cook, probably, to, like, appreciate that when I go there, okay. you know? But, like, the kitchen stuff, it's, like, even if I don't cook at home that much, it's still, I feel like I appreciate, like, ooh, that's, like, a cool thing that they've got yes. right there. And then usually a lot of, like, Gourmet Warehouse, for sure, they also have some food, too. Like, they'll have, like, gourmet chocolate, they'll have cheeses, like, stuff like this. So you're getting kind of the best of both worlds, and yeah. it's... I love it. It's so fun. Yeah, I think I'd like a place like that too because I, there's a place in one of the malls here that just has all these specialty items, like just one-off items almost. Right. Like what else are you going to use it for besides like that grapefruit knife? Or yeah, whatever. exactly. So yeah, it's so good. And I feel like there's an element of it to me where I'm like, it makes me feel classy somehow yes. or something, you know? You're, you're, you're 100% right. <laughs> you're like, oh man, like... I, I'm buying a knife just for grapefruits right yes. now. Like, I am the king. I'm so classy. <laughs> I have one knife at home that I use just for tomatoes. And, <laughs> that's and awesome. It's not a tomato knife, but I just really like it because it's like a small paring knife that's serrated and it gets like really nice slice, thin slice of tomato. And I suppose I could use it for other things, but I don't. And yeah, just, you're like, hell no, I'm a classy yeah. man. Do you have like a shit ton of knives from your yeah. cooking days? Yeah. yeah. See, I got to i got to get into the knife game, but it's so expensive and I don't really know what's good, you know? So it's yeah. like, so it's hard because it's like, 
uh, it's a tough thing, but I know that knives are like a big deal. Well, I I was getting all my knives from a small town in Nova Scotia where I grew up. Yes, I was going to say, you sound yeah. very, I've noticed the way you say, like, car, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this guy's not from here. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's a knife store in my hometown, and it's called Roman Knives, and I've got a ton of knives from that. And they make them there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. See, maybe so, you got to hook me up with this. Yeah. Because I don't know anything, and it seems like you know a lot, so i got to... You gotta give me some advice. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, I have everything. Like I got like a sh- chef knives to, I got a meat knife and it's just like a slicer knife and it's like almost a foot and a half long. And I just use that for, yeah. like just when I roast off a big piece of meat or something. Or right. If I make bacon and it's just so it goes through it like butter and damn. And yeah, I got to get into this. Like you just talking about it is getting me like excited for it. Yeah, and what they do is they test one knife out of each batch so they there's like a little tiny dent in each knife that they test and then they engrave it with an s and they call them seconds so you know the knife is still good quality but since they tested it they sell it for half price so that's what i do for my knives and Unreal. So you got it wired. I got to get into this. Yeah. Would you say it was called Roman knives? Groman. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I got to get into this, man. You got to tell me about this after the pod and hook yeah. me up. Do they ship? Yes, they do. Oh hell yeah! There we go. Now, yeah. now so, we're talking. So yeah, and that's and if I really want a knife, if I go online, and I see something, I'll ask my mom to get it and ship it out. So it's yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Where in Nova Scotia are you from? Uh, Picto. It's a small town. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's how far from Halifax? Uh, about. Uh, two hours. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. what I was, yeah, that's what I thought. I feel like maybe I've driven through it, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you, country. if you ever took the ferry to PEI. Right, okay. Yeah. What did you, what brought you to Calgary? Oh, work. Yeah, oh. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I was cooking in Halifax, uh, well, I cooked in Picto and then Halifax, and then I came out here, so. Gotcha. How long have you been here? Uh, 14 years. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. so this is, like, serious. Okay, yeah. sweet. Nice, yeah. man. That's awesome. So, yeah, and. Yeah, that's that's my whole knife story. <laughs> <laughs> the people want to know, man. Yeah. This is a podcast about food. Yeah, they want to know what Avery's knife situation is yeah, like. Yeah, so my knife my knife situation is pretty serious. I have Hell yeah. a lot of knives at home. Hell yeah, dude. Like I don't even have all my knives in my knife drawer because they're still in my toolbox that I have in my garage. Because you have too many. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I need, I need to get there. I need to get to the point where I have too many knives to fit in my knife drawer. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. So, that's that's my knife story. <laughs> um, so I was coming back from the States one time. We drove across the country. We drove from here to Nova Scotia, and we came back. Oh, we wow. through the States mm-hmm. on the way back, and we got stopped uh, randomly at the border, and they asked, do you have any um, guns or knives in the car? And I just started listing off all these knives I had because I picked some up from the trip and we took some with us because we're cooking along the way and so I sounded almost like a psycho with all these <laughs> knives. Well, I've hair. got a 12 inch tomato knife and a <laughs> well, 13 inch meat knife. Yeah. yeah, and that's what it was. And I was like, I have this knife and this knife and this. And knife. were they chill about it or were they like kind of? Well, did I they said, make you show them the knives? I just pointed to where they were. I wasn't oh, gotcha. to go, so I was like, yeah. They looked at them, I think we saw that they were kitchen knives, so... Right. And you're a pretty honest dude, I feel. Yeah. I feel like you probably came across pretty good to them. They're like, oh, this guy's not a... He's not going to kill us. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Quick ad from our sponsor, ATB. Hockey is a team effort, and ATB wants to be a part of your team. From Tom Thumb 
to Pee Wee and all the way up to the pros. ATB helps sponsor teams across Alberta. So whether you're on the ice or in the bleachers, ATB can help make all hockey possible. To learn more, visit atb.com slash hockey. And back to the rest of the conversation with John. You're a teacher. I am. Um, Curler. I am. Comedian. Yeah, I do all that. Food is involved with almost all those. Well, they are. Like, uh, I picture curling club food almost like hockey arena food. <laughs> yeah, very similar. The thing with curling club food is that it's... So it's like hockey food, kind of, but it's always like... It's almost always the kitchen is run by like members of the club. Yeah. So it'll just be like these like sweet old ladies that like <laughs> run the restaurant out of the goodness of their heart, you know? Okay. Um, and then like we... So normally... Pardon me, I'm just playing in tournaments and stuff. So if you travel for tournaments, it's like everyone's game finishes at the same time and then everybody wants or needs to eat. So it gets crazy. But, pardon me, it's like a lot of... I would say it's a little bit different than hockey arena food in that it's usually a lot less fried stuff. It's usually more like sandwiches and soups and stews and chili and kind of stuff like that like it's more it it has a little bit more care i would say than like a hockey arena where it's like maybe might be like chicken fingers burgers hot dogs you know stuff like that you don't usually find that at a curling club sometimes too and which is actually interesting is some curling clubs actually will have restaurants that are just in the curling club so like for example there was one curling club by my house that had for a while doesn't have it anymore but they just had like a southern barbecue place like oh, in the curling good. club yeah, yeah. It was, and they it was people that were actually like from memphis and they were just like brought barbecue there and it was super good i mean it wasn't very good like we couldn't eat there in between curling games obviously because yeah. you don't really want to have a bunch of ribs and then go <laughs> curl uh but uh, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty awesome. And I know like uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario, I was just there for a tournament and both their curling clubs have Chinese food places in the curling clubs. And then that's like a staple in Thunder Bay. Like people know that the good Chinese food is in the curling club and they go and they do takeout and stuff too. Okay. And, you, and you can just go in and it's just chill. So, so it's weird. It's like, yeah, it's either, it's usually either like a kind of a diner ish, like grill griddle type place that's run by old ladies that work at the curling or that are members of the curling club or uh it'll be like a full-fledged like restaurant so yeah i I picture it almost like regional cuisine as well like if you were doing a tournament in saskatchewan you're probably going to get a lot of pierogies and sausages yeah for sure yeah exactly so you definitely see that kind of stuff for sure it's awesome um, based on the community and yeah like like i say it's often people that are in that community that are members of that community Mm -hmm. so then that so then that happens a lot that's pretty cool yeah it's cool so what has better food comedy clubs or curling clubs (laughs) well i mean holy smokes Curling clubs, I think. Yeah. I mean, some comedy clubs have good food, but it's not that many, I have to say. A, no. lot of, a lot of comedy clubs, they just don't, they're not reaching for the stars, you know? It's just like finger food, and it's just whatever they can make quickly in a small oven in the back of the club, I find. Yeah. Like, it's, ne- it's not usually, you're not usually getting, like, a good meal at a comedy club. No offense to the, the comedy clubs listening to this, but, you, I mean, you know. Uh, there was one I really liked. So for a while, the Yuck Yucks in Vancouver, uh, when it was first built, they didn't have a space for a kitchen. So, pardon me. So they, um, it's nap time. Um, <laughs> so they're, uh, they 
just uh, made a deal with a pizza place across the street. And it was like a fire oven pizza place across the street. And the pizza was really good. So they would essentially just have the pizza on the menu. People would order the pizza. They would call the pizza place. The pizza place would bring it over because it was just like right across the street. And then they would serve it. And that was awesome because it was really good pizza. And they would have other stuff like Caesar salad and wings and all stuff from the pizza place. And it was quite good. And then it just got to the point where... It was almost too good, so they were getting way too many orders. Like I think, because most comedy clubs, I don't think they want people that many people to eat there. Because it's yeah. like then it's because it's a lot of people. Like a yeah. lot of like the comedy club in Calgary, I think holds like two hundred and thirty people. Usually, it's around two hundred people. They're not restaurants most of the time. So yeah. if you're if you're serving food to 200 people, that's too many to try and get in before a show. And so I think what was happening was the pizza was really good. So more and more people like know that the pizza is good. So they start going to the club to have pizza. Well, now you got so many people ordering pizza that it was coming in slow from the pizza place and people were complaining. So it just didn't work out. So then now Yuck Yucks in Vancouver just does like finger food kind of stuff. Uh, And so, yeah, the only one I can really remember being quite good was in St. John's, Newfoundland. The club doesn't exist anymore, but the club was in an actual restaurant. So, so during the week it was a restaurant and then on the weekend it was a, it was a comedy club. So that was really good because it was just a regular old restaurant. So you could go in and just order off the restaurant menu and you had tons of options. And cause that's the other thing too, is like, Comedy clubs, there's usually not a lot of options. They might have, like, a chicken strips option. They might have, like, nachos. Maybe they have, like, a burger. But it's not, like... So if you're doing three nights at the club, you're probably not wanting to eat there every night. So... So yeah, so I would say overall, it's got to be curling clubs. They got better, better food and handled with a little more care. I would say, probably a little bit more love. Yes, exactly. And that's I think that's a big part of cooking is that love that goes into it. Totally, totally, yeah. So being a teacher, you must deal with kids all the time. That's true. Yep. So (laughs) I know my son is really weird. What he takes for lunch? How old is your son? Thirteen. Okay, yeah. So he'll he'll take. A soy butter sandwich with turkey in it almost every day. Okay. So do you see any weird combinations from kids? Oh, God. I mean, yeah, probably. I know, well, so I don't really pay too much attention. I teach high school. So I don't pay a ton of attention to what the kids are eating because they're kind of just doing their own thing. Yeah. One thing I will say, well, there's two things. The first one is that in BC... There's always a controversy, uh, or, or not always, but sometimes. So um, BC, uh, at least especially where I live, I live in Vancouver. I teach in um, Surrey, so it's like a municipality. It's about 30 minutes outside yeah. of Vancouver. Uh, very big Asian population. So the Asian population, a lot of the kids will get meals from a delivery service. So there, it'll be whatever. Usually it's actually someone just does it out of their house. So they make all these like box lunches essentially and the kids order it ahead of time. Then they come to school and then the the person who makes the meals drives there at lunch and then the kids go and get the meals. Well, there's a problem with soliciting business on school property. So even though it's like all the business is done outside of the school, there sometimes ends up being some controversy with that. So there's one school in particular I go to quite a bit where the person actually has to park like a hundred meters away from the school. (laughs) So the kids like walk to this person's van and it's crazy. Like they'll just open the trunk of their van and it's just like 
stacks of these meals and the kids just go and they get their meal or whatever. And so that's pretty interesting. Uh, and then I would say the one thing that's really nice is that there's a couple schools in my district. So Surrey is one of the largest school districts in Canada. It's the second largest actually. Mm. So there's 22 high schools in the district. So quite big. And a couple of the schools have what they call like a teaching kitchen. So it's where kids are taking like culinary arts and they have a trained chef that's cooking with them. And part of their thing is that every day they cook lunch for people at the school. And it's pretty cool because they're learning how to cook all these dishes, but it's obviously all subsidized by the school. So unfortunately of the 22 schools, I think there's only three that have a teaching kitchen, but it's pretty awesome if you go to those schools sometimes like it might be like prime rib dinner for like $4 or like, yeah, or like they make some kind of pasta or like it's never more than five bucks and it's always like quite good because these kids are like learning they're on their way to becoming chefs and stuff so that's really fun because a lot of the schools they just uh sell out their cafeteria now to like a catering company and it's just like really like shitty food and just not very good and so yeah just slopped in yeah exactly so that kind of sucks but the the schools that have the teaching uh kitchens man they're good yeah i I know a guy here that is a teacher and does that. Oh, awesome. So he seems to enjoy it. He, yeah. Um, I think with any teacher, he'd probably get sick of some kids sometimes. Oh, but, for sure. Um, I think the one but, thing that's cool about doing something like that, especially if you're a chef, is that you're going to have kids that don't really fit in anywhere in the school aside from there. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. Like, I think there are kids that just don't really like school and school's just not their thing. And that's totally cool. But they, they'll love, like, one thing. A lot of times it could be, like, shop. So, like, maybe they're really good with their hands. So yeah. it might be, like, auto shop or metal shop or wood shop, whatever. Or it can be the cooking thing. And I know, so I'm, I'm sure for some of those chefs, like your buddy and, and the chefs that I work with at those schools, like, I'm sure you get to form some, like, really special relationships with kids because you're literally the only class they like. You yeah, know, they don't yeah. like they don't like the rest of school, and in some cases too, like for those kids that are doing shop or doing like they legitimately want to become a chef, like that's mm-hmm. the start of their career. So exactly. you kind of get to be the person that's there every day and teaching them that stuff. Like I think that that would be that that part of it would be pretty special and pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it, for me, I think that would be kind of a cool job to be teaching other kids. Um, yeah, how to cook. So. Did you, what, what got, so you don't chef anymore? No. So what got you out of it? Just too much? Um, I, I wasn't enjoying it as much. Yeah. I, I still do it occasionally. Like sometimes we'll just do a big prime rib dinner and rice. Like I'll go in and do that. And so I find that's fun and it gets me into the kitchen. And so I still enjoy it. I, I really love cooking at home more than I ever have. So right. I'll experiment a lot at home. Or do you always cook or does your wife cook sometimes too? Um, my wife cooks a lot. We met in cooking school. Oh, okay. So, so oh, perfect. Um, so, so you guys, your dinners are always awesome. Uh, <laughs> most of the time. Hell yeah, that's um, awesome. Like I say, I mess up sometimes. Like, it was my wife's birthday a couple weeks ago, and I messed up that meal some horrible. Oh no! So, what happened? What did you try to make? I was just doing like some pork chops, and I just seasoned them up with like too many chilies and. Oh, so they so were just like too spicy. Yeah, it's doing like a braised pork and yeah, just too spicy. And like when I started to sear them on the pan and just, I could just, my lungs were 
I was gasping for air. And when you're just cooking them, that's not a good sign. Yeah. yeah. And my wife came into the house. She was outside walking the dog, and she came in with my son, and they were gasping for air. And I was like, oh, looks like we're going up for supper tonight. So um, <laughs> Nice. So usually she cooks during the week because she's she works from home, but then I'll cook on the weekend. Gotcha. So, nice. That's a good situation, man. Yeah. I'm jealous. It's, it's a good... It's a good deal. Uh, I'll do dishes during the week. And, yeah. And then I'll also do dishes on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, but she's she's a really good cook. She experiments, but not as as oddball as I do. Okay, yeah. So I'll try weird combinations, and sometimes it doesn't work out. and But sometimes it does, so. Yeah, yeah. And... and but that's what I think cooking is all about, too, is just totally. trying different things. And Being willing to say, yeah, I screwed this up. We're going out for dinner tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't the first time I did it, and I know it's not going to be the last. Yeah. And even last week I made something, and it's like, no, I'm not going to try this again. <laughs> so Nice. Yeah, and that's, that's what I love about cooking. It's yeah, so for sure. No, that's great. Yeah. So that's pretty much our time. It's, cool. Is there anything coming up that you want to promote? Sure. Uh, well, I just I, I have a, a podcast of my own, so I'll promote that. It's called Blocked Party. Uh, it's uh, me and another comedian, and we uh, have uh, comedians on the show and just people in general to talk about times that they were blocked on social media. Okay. Um, yeah, so we've all, we just started. We only have one episode out, but it's been going well. Uh, so you can find that on Twitter, at BlockedPartyPod. And, uh, yeah, if you want to follow me for tour dates or whatever, I assume a lot of your listeners are in Calgary and I'm here this weekend, so you missed me. So way to go, idiots. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm, uh, you can follow me at Cullen the Comic, uh, and CullenTheComic.com. All my dates are on there, but yeah, I don't have anything coming up crazy to, to promote, uh, other than, yeah, just follow me and I'll, I'll let you know. What about the curling podcast? Oh, and I do have a curling yeah. podcast too that's called Stone and Straw. So if you're a big curling fan, it's a one-on-one interview show, much like this, but not about food. Uh, it's about curling. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I interview a, a bunch of the top athletes in, in curling. And uh, it's also been super fun to do. The first season just wrapped. I did six episodes. Uh, I've had John Morris on, Mark Kennedy. Those nice. are a couple Olympic yeah. gold medalists. Uh, this next season coming up is starting in January. I've got another, uh, I've got some big guests on that show as well. So, awesome. or on that season as well. So it should be good. So you can follow that at Stone Straw Pod uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, if you're a curling fan, I can't imagine you wouldn't like it. Awesome. And thanks for doing this again. Thanks, Avery. Yeah, thank you.